Welcome to another episode of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. Hello. Yeah, I was able to get that in because Catherine wasn't paying attention. That's Catherine Rubino, also senior editor here at Above the Law. You have stumbled into Thinking Like a Lawyer, which I assume you listen oh, to all the time anyway. But you know, yeah, it probably it may was, not be. It may not be, and if it isn't, maybe you uh, thought you were getting Thinking Like a something else. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a good show called Thinking Like an Economist, but that's, sure, not, that's but... a different thing. But yeah, welcome. And you are here to hear some scintillating coverage of the news of the week in the legal world as brought to you by Above the Law. Uh, and yeah. So how are you? I'm doing all right. Are you talking into the microphone there? Am, am yeah. I not? It, I felt a like I was. Bit. I mean, well, because it's a little bit off kilter. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Is this better? I mean, I, as I far as I, I can tell. I don't really understand microphones. They're rough. Yeah, no. Well, there's a little elf that lives inside it, and it records the things, like writes down the things that you say into See, it. See, I thought it was a hamster. Yeah, no. Interesting. Um, it's elves. Yeah, no, it's elves, and uh, you have to balance the humors correctly, and then the microphone <laughs> works. Uh, yeah, so um, that's, uh, that's our day. Still, that's yeah. Catherine's day. So yeah, we were uh, going to chat about the legal stories of the week, Is there unless there's anything else you wanted to like break the ice with here. No, I mean, I think that our microphone travails are, are challenging enough. We shouldn't belabor the point. Yeah, I guess the Supreme Court today decided they were going to take another Second Amendment case. So, you know, that's probably bad news. That's going to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting. I actually, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I was just about to pitch. I, I was just about to hit send on this tweet. But like, it's, you know, obviously some discouraging news. The last time they touched the Second Amendment, they made a decision that was way out of line with the preceding 200 years of American constitutional history. Uh, <laughs> and so there's some reason to believe they're going to push that further. On the other hand, especially for a case that's completely moot. However, they, which they've decided to take for some reason also. I mean, I think we know why, yeah. right? I think exactly. they but want to the, push a very specific political agenda. But the ridiculous part about it, from my perspective, it, like the way in which it kind of shows the pure incoherence of all this right. is it's about saying, hey, you can carry around a concealed weapon without any, like, states and jurisdictions can't force you to have to, you know, register or whatever concealed weapons because everyone should have a... Well-regulated means yeah, something very not? different, obviously. Well-regulated is being written out of the Constitution, obviously. But but originalism. Yeah, ori yeah I know. Huh. Yes. It's, we it's weird how those originals so, so, work. The originals, put those words specifically into yeah, the amendment well, and yeah, 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 yeah. Shrug. Yeah. What gets me about it is I think it will show something of the incoherence of all this because... I don't know as though the lived experience of gun laws in big cities will change at all because it strikes me if I'm running a big city uh, and I'm telling, talking to the police or whatever, I don't understand how this, the series, it's real easy to make a pretextual stop of somebody who's packing a gun, right? Like, sure. That's a real easy stop to make. You know, it's easy to say, hey, I felt threatened by this. Uh, all the stuff that we question whether or not it, complies with the Fourth Amendment seems as though it's real easy when it comes to somebody carrying around a hand cannon concealed. And on top of that, these are all searches that the this exact same Supreme Court has mostly rubber stamped as totally cool. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand how it changes much. They say like, oh, you can carry a concealed weapon. And then we're just going to have tons of cases where cops say, whether based on anything or not, yeah, I felt a little bit threatened, so that's why I seized it and arrested him. And sure, then that's, that's just going to be fine, because but, that's, but that's what the court says. Sure, but that's also terrible. 
Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No. <laughs> I was like, um, yes, that seems I, like a bad thing to me. Yeah, no, obviously. But but the issue is, it show, my point is that it shows kind of the incoherence of all this. Because oh, sure. their attempt to change the gun laws will not actually change the way in which the lived experience of this goes. The people that the cops stop for carrying guns around already, they can still do under the exact kind of stops that this Supreme Court says that you can do all the time with no problem, uh, which is not great. But hey, some more forward thinking and proactive regulation would be a better way of handling it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't see how it changes anything in a functional way because of the way in which this court has legalized all those kinds of stuff. I mean, I do wonder, though, if this will have an impact on the court reform movement that is also growing, yeah, uh, growing in strength and steam. You know, obviously, Biden has a task force that's been put together to look at some of these issues. Our former colleague, Ellie Mistal, has been a big fan of court packing. Um, you've been not not as big a fan as we talked about last week's episode. But do you think that there is absolutely room for court reform? But I, I think that yeah, if ter- term limits is what. Right. Yeah. 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 You should also listen to last week's episode where we delve into this in a little bit more depth. But, you know, there is definitely a lot of room. And I think that even for folks who may be a little bit squeamish at the notion of big reform of the Supreme Court, if they take these sorts of cases and really try to rewrite Second Amendment jurisprudence in such an aggressive way, I think that this will push people who are kind of on the fence on it to supporting more court reform. And I think for someone like Chief Justice Roberts, who is not interested in court reform and wants to kind of maintain the status quo and shore up the the reputation and the legacy of, you know, the Roberts court, this could be very problematic. I think it could be. I mean, I, I feel as though Roberts doesn't care on this particular point, but I, I do think it shows it kind of exposes that they aren't really all that they don't really control all that much. If mm-hmm. if they do this groundbreaking change and nothing actually changes in the world in a functional way in big cities, I I think it kind of shows how useless the whole institution is, which is not good for the but institution. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, which is why this is a this is a dumb place for them to try and stick their nose. Right, but, and it potentially backfires. I think in a really fundamental way in terms of court reform becoming more yeah. uh, on the ground, becoming more of a thing that liberals and the left wing can campaign on yeah. the same way that that the the conservatives have done for generations now. Yeah. Anyway. Just another thing brought to a, brought to you by your shadow docket, the Woo! completely quasi, very, <laughs> very, very skeevy and anti-democratic way in which this court now operates. Anyway, I have a question. I think we should. I have an answer. Well, let's talk about let's talk about law firms for a second. OK, well, before we do, let's just say, hey, how have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. You have a story Mm -hmm. about a partner who is uh, not on the website anymore. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. There is kind of a way, like, similar to, like, this shadow docket, there is this kind of underground way that you often can track what's going on at law firms. You know, when when folks leave law firms, it's rare that there's a sort of a press release that goes around it, maybe if they get some great government job. <laughs> but, but you know, kind of tracking who's, who's currently on the website and who isn't is definitely a way to find out what's going on at law firms. And at Littler, there was a partner, uh, Gavin Appleby, that is no longer on the website. Dun, dun. 
dun dun. I don't have that sound effect. So really, yeah, no. I feel like that's like a, a pretty basic sound effect. It, it it is, but for some reason I don't have it. I'll I'll have to try and find a way of getting that. All Go right, on. All right. uh, anyway, he's no longer on the firm's website, uh, and it turned out he uh, <laughs> he's in some hot water for uh, throwing a client under the bus. Ooh. ooh. Yeah, it's not great. Littler is a noted employment litigation firm and is, comes out of an employment case where they were defending someone who was accused of uh, or, or had a bunch of allegations about uh, payroll issues. And uh, as a result, ADP, who's sort of this, you know, payroll giant, yes. a lot of firms outsource their stuff to, ADP was served a third-party subpoena for mm. some documents and some results. And apparently they uh, had produced whatever relevant material within five days of receiving the subpoena. Great, whatever. So Littler, in this instance, uh, represented the defendant, and that was who, you know, they gave their documents to, and Gavin Appleby apparently represented to the courts that that ADP had not responded to the subpoena. And uh, the court, you know, there was a couple of uh, motions as a result of this with, you know, these documents were not produced until the last minute. Eventually, ADP was like, what is going on? There's been a bunch of, you know, rulings about it and whatnot. And the really um, interesting part is that not in this matter, but in other matters, ADP is represented by Littler. Oh. Mm. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you're the big dog in employment. Sure. You know, you're you're involved a lot with ADP. I, I can imagine. But the point is that uh, they did, in fact, produce the documents. It was represented to the courts that they did not produce the documents. Uh, a whole big issue. Uh, the court awarded costs to ADP for having to represent itself. According to Littler's statement, they're trying to make everything as right as they can. And, and needless to say, or perhaps we just said in the beginning, Appleby is no longer on the website. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, misrepresentations to the court will do that. Probably should do that no matter what. When you're also throwing a client under the bus in the process of making said misrepresentations, it it gets worse. It gets worse for you. Yeah, no, I I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, that was that was a big story last week, uh, obviously, because I think a lot of our readership is interested in seeing people disappear from websites. Certainly, (laughs) certainly one of my big stories a few years ago was when Greg Greg Craig disappeared from yeah. the website and it was like, what's going on Why here? And, uh, you know, true? what was going on here is um, being involved in some problematic uh, cases with regard in particular to the whole Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine yeah. uh, investigation. investigation. And, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So keep an eye on those big law websites. And obviously, if you're all out there and you see these disappearances, you know, the only way we are able to know about them mm-hmm. really, because we aren't tracking every website at all times. There's a lot of big law firms. There's a lot of websites. Yeah. There's a lot of pages there. That's not something we're Keep us able informed, to. obviously, at tips at com, Or, you know, just keep us informed of whatever you want to talk about by sending us emails there. Obviously, we should... We, We've tried this before. We've never been able to really get a good mailbag going with this website, mm. with this podcast. Like people will occasionally send in a few things here and there, but we don't really get the deluge of here's like five or six good questions a week. It'd be nice if folks could send those in. We'll gather them up and uh, maybe yeah, have a mailbag Yeah, if you want to do it with a subject line mailbag, we'll yeah. be happy to take a look if we get a, a bunch of them. Yeah, let's start pushing that again. I just think that that's a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we do our day-to-day job of writing for Above the Law, but we also do this on the side, and we, we would love some input on how to do that. Because, you know, sometimes lawyers have to wear two hats. Yeah. You know, 
You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps small and solo law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. I got the NOTA powered by M&T Bank in there. You like, very seem, slick. Yeah, very I'm slick. doing what I can. So I guess we should, continuing the conversation about big law, we, we're going to talk once again about bonuses a little bit. See, all of the... That is a, this is a very long sound effect. Yeah, that one's a little bit longer. Whatever. It, it, I mean, it, it's bonuses, deserved. It's probably, yeah, we've but. got special bonuses happening, Woo-hoo! and we've talked about those everywhere. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, since you just mentioned Littler, let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. Littler. And uh, while everyone's been sitting around waiting for special bonuses to match the market, Littler sent out their firm-wide notification informing all the associates that they appreciate everyone's hard work. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave them hats. <laughs> Well, that's not fair. Some folks got desk plants, but hats and desk plants. How does that stack up to a, I don't know, like sixteen to forty thousand dollar to sixty five five thousand dollar bonus? Poorly. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought I thought you might think that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty accurate. I, and they're not alone. No, no, there was a, there are a couple of firms that have been giving out non monetary uh, gifts. There was uh, some stress balls that were given out. Greenberg Acharig is doing an RV tour across the country of each of their 30 um, U.S. offices, which is supposed to be a way to get folks together, but is not money. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a few of those, and uh, they have not been particularly well received. You know, yeah, uh, Hush Cray- Blackwell sent out the stress balls. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Kramer Levin also sent out plants. They also gave out special bonuses, but their special bonuses were tied to an increased uh, hours requirements, and folks are real salty about that uh, at the firm. So when when they got the plants as well, they they didn't feel great about it. They they still did not soothe any of their hard feelings about the hours requirements. <laughs> yeah. It. it- it's one of those situations where I feel like if you're – you don't want to encourage folks not to be giving out the bonus to match mm-hmm. the market because, you know, associates have done the work and they are, you know, talented enough to go work at other places theoretically. So you, you would want to match. That said, I feel like if you aren't going to match the market, just do nothing. I feel like you're way better yeah. off doing nothing than by sending a hat and making it obvious that you're doing nothing. Well, I mean, I think that some of it's just kind of unfortunate timing – uh, in the sense that some of these gifts have been tied to Staff Appreciation Week. And so they've been given not just to staff members, but to associates as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, everybody in the firm, I think Carls and, and Brady also gave out $30 uh, Uber Eats gift cards. Yeah. Which, you know, is another one of those where it's like not money or it's, it's right. a little bit of money, but it's not it's not real bonuses. So, you know, those have all been kind of looked looked at askew. When, yeah, you know, and, and so and, some of it may have just been because it was during administrative right. And some of them, week. some of yeah, the, the emails that went out were, you know, we appreciate you for staff appreciation week, and they went out to the full list of staff uh, as well as associates. So, you know, th- there's there's that aspect to it, and I get that they're trying to do something, but it stings, I think, for folks who are hoping that they're going to get these full special bonuses. I wanted to go to the Uber Eats thing mm-hmm. because I think that's a. Uh, there's an important transition there to a slightly different situation, which is the what's happening with Kirkland. Now, mm-hmm. Kirkland now is giving out big bonuses because they're the market compensation leader, really. I they, mean, obviously, I mean, they're the, wealthiest, and, they're the yeah. wealthiest law firm. 
Obviously, there are exceptions. There is Wachtell, and there are like crazy bonuses, and there are some boutiques that do different things. That said, uh, Kirkland is your uh, the mainstream comp leader, I think, is probably the right answer. So what Kirkland's doing, though, they have match bonuses. But on top of that, they are now giving a they alerted associates that associates are allowed to expense up to $100 per meal on 10 meals going forward. Just whatever they are. You don't need a business reason. We'll we'll pick up the tab right, for they up don't to have 100. To be, you can do it for multiple people. It doesn't you have do to be. do it with friends. And family whatever. members. Yeah. 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 Uh, so up to a, a thousand dollars I mean, of food. First of all, that's a big difference, right? Yeah. When you're talking about like a hat or a thousand dollars worth of takeout. Well, <laughs> that's right. A big and, and I also think it, you know, like it, unlike the hat, which is a replacement for the special right. bonus, uh, folks are getting special bonuses there. But on top of that, they're getting this. And it brought me back to a conversation we had several episodes ago about mm-hmm. Davis Polk right. and their gift. Another person who's in the running to be called compensation leader. Right. Oh, yes. Depending on your definition of leader, they're, they're not really leading. Uh, well, they're the ones who the, started the... Right. They're, they're leading as in people are following them, not leading as in having more than other people. Right. 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 That distinction, I think, is important, but whatever. We also did a whole episode on that. The archives are fun. But that said, <laughs> we... Um, so, but we talked about that with Davis Polk, and Davis Polk offered... In addition to their their last round of bonuses, they had these gifts where mm-hmm. associates were encouraged to choose, and a lot of gifts were valued around between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars. Buy yourself something nice, basically get get this right. luggage, workout give, equipment, yeah. this luggage, this trip, this mm-hmm. white water rafting trip, right. whatever. It was one of those situations where we said that this was a good trend, and while you don't want to ever replace giving people money, especially with the debt that we force law students to go into Mm -hmm. and then have to pay off as early lawyers. Obviously, they need the money, but it also becomes something hollow, it feels like, when you get that big bonus and all it does is disappear into a morass of Yeah, uh, a black hole of debt, yeah. And, you know, just offering even a small thing compared to the size of real bonuses, a small token Mm -hmm. of, hey, do this thing and you will... For you. You will have to enjoy it. We're we're making you do something for you. I I think two things that I think are very important about these distinctions that we're trying to draw here. It is small compared to bonuses, but it's not insubstantial, right? right? Exactly. It's not a $30 meal, which is is very, very little, right? But $1,000 worth of meals, you know, a new workout system for $1,500, that is substantial. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is not anything that really puts the firm out in a tremendous way. But it is something that the firm is kind of telling you, pay it, take care of yourself in yeah. some way, you know, have, have dinner with friends, you know, take, take care of yourself in which, you know, the, the Davis Polk allowed folks to choose between various gift packages, whichever one kind of works best for them. If you want a trip, if you want new luggage, yeah, do it, get fancy luggage, you know, take a whitewater rafting trip, whatever it is, you know, and it's kind of saying you got, you're going to need to decompress, especially coming out after this whole quarantine sitch mm-hmm. <laughs> the world is in, you know, it is, there is a lot of mental health issues that have been supercharged as a result and making sure that uh, folks are in a good mental space is really important and trying to force associates to take time for themselves, I think is a very important thing. And I hope we see more of this trend. Uh, Oric is another firm that has done a lot trying to tell folks that they should take time off and paying them for that time. And so those are the kinds of trends that we like to see, things that kind of Focus on well-being as opposed to just your your ability to bill more hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a wonderful trend. And 
obviously Davis Pope kind of started down this road. Us, yeah. Kirkland's doing this. I, I do think it would be nice to see more of this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it and is. And as I said, Orc has definitely done stuff like that where they pay for a vacation time uh, and yeah. stuff like that. So that, that, is an, that that's an even more extravagant version. But any of these trends where we're trying to get folks to take care of themselves. Um, Now that we've sort of mostly gotten through the worst of the pandemic, recognizing that there are still long-term effects, even for those who happen to have not contracted COVID-19, there's still long-term mental health effects that we're going to continue to see, you know, as we escape from underneath the thumb of the pandemic. Uh, This is real and making sure that your associates are in a good and not just your associates, all of your employees are mm-hmm. in a good mental health space is only going to benefit firms long term, making folks, first of all, more loyal to the firm, making uh, folks more productive for the firm as well. Yeah. Well, uh, I have exactly no transition for this. But let's hear <laughs> from our uh, friends from Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. To close out, I guess one final thing. I guess this is this is a throwback to the old days of Ellie's grinding of gears, I suppose. Mm. This is like my grinding of gears, literally almost in this instance, although I guess most people have automatics anymore. But uh Is that a car joke? It is because this is a story, unfortunately, about vehicles and vehicular manslaughter, as it turns out, which That's is not fun. No, which is uh, years ago, actually, possibly even on an episode of this show, Ellie and I talked about a tweet from a Tennessee law professor, Glenn Reynolds, in which he advocated for people to run over protesters because he thought that was funny, which is what Glenn Horrifying. Reynolds, yeah. which is what Glenn Reynolds Twitter account is all about. That sort of horrifying awfulness with uh, the intellectual veneer of, oh, I'm a law professor, but really just like saying the most crass, baseless, mm-hmm. awful stuff. So was this before or after Heather Hoyer Oh, it was died? before. And then the when she when Heather Hoyer died, was killed uh, in the exact way that Glenn Reynolds had been cheerleading, he just disappeared from media for a little bit and let it all blow over and came right back. The law school, of course, did nothing because tenure, yeah, tenure is a bitch. Uh, so, <laughs> but this... This proposal way back in 2016, which led to somebody's death in 2017, is now unfortunately becoming the law in several states. Uh, Several states now, Oklahoma, Iowa, uh, a few others uh, have these laws in the pipelines, are now legalizing that if you feel subjectively that protesters are in your way, you're allowed to run them over and face no criminal or civil liability for that. So it's just like the purge. Yeah. I mean, that was the analogy I used. It is very much the purge logic that for the next, if, if a protest is happening, on, happening, then for the next 24 hours, everything's legal. They are. That's awful. Yes. Uh, it is a, it is functionally authorizing a vigilante style justice to make it, to make anybody willing to engage in a protest feel that it is a potential death penalty if they get caught. I out. mean, it's it's almost as if folks don't realize that the right to protest is inscribed in the Bill of Rights. It It is certainly in there, and it is something I that— I mean, despite what Amy Coney Barrett did right. not remember. 
Yeah, no, it, yeah, she, she, she may not be on top of it. I mean, it's okay. I mean, she shouldn't have to be on top of it. It's not like she's a judge or anything. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, so there's a new attempt by these states to basically criminalize, well, not criminalize, uh, put the death penalty or the possibility of it on protesters as well as deputize random citizens to make that decision. Uh, it is judged by whether or not the citizen is reasonably afraid of the protesters, which is obviously going to function as coded language. I assume they pro-gun rally will, even though the people will be carrying guns, will not count as being subject, reasonably, uh, objectively sure. afraid of those folks. Sure. Uh, but it's, Yeah, it's just a way to reinscribe racism. Yeah, right? but yeah. having a give piece a chance sign probably does mean that you were afraid of that person, I guess. It's fairly horrifying development. Obviously, this is the sort of this is, these are the sort of laws that you would assume a uh, Supreme Court might be in a position to strike down as challenges to the first uh, to right. the functioning of the First Amendment. Uh, obviously, this Supreme Court is not going to do those things. And uh, this is the, you know, dystopian hellscape that we're in. But hey, it's deeply disturbing. The purge needs another sequel, I guess. So here we are. But this is real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even like the movies. Yeah, that's mostly because I don't like horror movies. It's not you know, really the that's the thing. Form. I don't. I also don't like horror movies. But the Purge movies, weirdly, are actually fairly, uh, fairly rich with social commentary. <laughs> uh, a lot of what those movies talk about is exactly this sort of world being developed that we're watching right here. Yeah, so a little problematic. Uh, keep your eye lot, out for those. Lot, I think. Actually. And uh, yeah, I think lawyers we have a obligation to push back against this stuff uh, to challenge these laws in courts, even though maybe we're, we've got a stacked deck against us right now, uh, to be lobbying that this is just not how you do things. Uh, and to, you know, if we were, for instance, administrators at a law school that employed somebody who cheerleaded this sort of thing to, you know, not let that happen and uh, fire those people would be that a great, happen, a great yeah. thing to do, but we're not going to do that. So here we are. This is the dystopian world that you ask for. So yeah, that on that cheery note, I think, uh, I think we're depressing. done. Yeah. Uh, next week we're, Next week we're going to be coming kind of remotely because we, we've got uh, we've, we're going to be busy all day on the, the day we're recording. So hopefully we'll be able to get something in. I mean, no promises. So if we do miss a week, that's why. But we should be able to squeeze in a show. My guess is we'll be able to squeeze a half hour out. Some, yeah. So somewhere we're gonna, along the line, we're going to try. But uh, we, you know, schedules are getting a little tight uh, this week. But then, uh, yeah. So in the meantime, you should be reviewing the show, giving it stars, writing something about it, subscribing. If you haven't already done that, you should be reading Above the Law. You should be sending us tips and mailbag questions yeah. and stuff like that. Like, uh, like a good Definitely mailbag questions. Get a good generic question. Like we talk a lot about the week, the news of the week, but you know, sometimes there are like more broad based questions. In the past, Ellie and I used to do a show about which law school to pick between uh, applicants who were into a couple of different and like trying to decide which one to choose. Those kind of higher level questions. Uh, where mm -hmm. should I go to work? What should I do? I, like what's my, what's the best thing I can do for myself for the bar exam? Yeah. These are the kinds of advice questions we would totally love to field uh, for from time to time. Whether or not we're qualified to answer them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, you should be reading Above the Law, as always. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, which is the numeral one, as she points out. You should be listening to The Jabot, which is her other podcast. You can listen, catch me on Legal Tech Week, the Journalist's Roundtable, as well as uh, we've got a little clubhouse thing going, uh, the Legal Trek, ugh, Legal, yeah. 
legal tech trending news group on Clubhouse on Wednesdays uh, if you're into the Clubhouse world. And uh, with all of that said, I think we're done. Oh, yeah, I guess thank you also to Lexicon, Nota powered by MT Bank and LexisNexis Interaction. Peace. And yeah, I think that is the appropriate time for you to say that. Thank you.